Hello, mighty people of the most high magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word today straight out of the word of God. And I've also come to bring you a special guest who's going to give his testimony of something wonderful that has happened in his life recently. His name is Jacob Almond, and he is my oldest son, and I have made mention of him recently in my podcast. There have been some interesting um, uh, changes that are happening in our personal lives in our home, um, and I'm going to help uh, Jacob give his testimony by prompting him and, and asking a few questions so y'all can hear it. And before I start, I would like to, um, I would like to pray and I would like to read out of Joel chapter two, verse 28 through 31. Um, I'm going to actually read out of 28 and 29 and, um, Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I ask that every person listening to this podcast would get something good from it. I ask that discouraged parents would be encouraged. I ask that discouraged people, uh, people who are looking for a deeper meaning in life would get something great out of this, and that the ministry coming through this podcast and the testimony of Jacob would reach many people, and that it, it would be divinely connected with people who needed exactly to hear what he has to say. Amen. And um, I want to tell you, uh, this has been a very, very uh, interesting turn of events. Um, so, um, as a mother, I have been very shocked <laughs> at some of the things that have happened. Um I will say that um, I recently got a phone call from my son on November the 4th, exactly at 1218 in the morning. So in the wee, wee early morning hours, my son called my phone and my phone is kept on do not disturb from 10 o'clock to 7 o'clock in the morning. And ironically, my phone rang like audibly and I saw that was my son and I picked it up and... um, He was pretty excited on the other end of that line. Um, And that was the night that um, he shared with me that some amazing things occurred to him. And we're going to go through these events uh, one after the other. And, And I think you'll be quite amazed. But I wanted to read, I wanted to start out by reading this scripture. Uh, out of Joel, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. I had to go ahead and go on down to 31 because this testimony that my son is about to give is not just his own personal experience to be kept to himself or within our household. This is all tying into these end days, end times. It all comes in together. Um, and so that's what this this is in Joel. It's talking about the great and terrible day of the Lord, which we know to be the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, coming back like a lion. He came first as a lamb. Second time, he's going to come as a lion. So strap on your five-point spiritual harness because we're fixing to go for a ride. So, son, tell me, um, um, even though uh, you grew up, obviously, up under the roof of a Christian home, uh, you had parents that um, you saw a struggle. You know, you saw what we went through. You know, you saw daddy's sickness. You saw um, uh, your parents struggled. 
but we <clears throat> we believed in the Lord and we loved the Lord and um, so you saw lots of things throughout the years just growing up knowing that God was powerful and you knew that that you could come to him that is one thing that I believe that you always knew and you always heard uh, throughout the years I would always say to you kids even just casually I'd say Jesus is coming back one day <laughs> and you remember that and I think the word tells it well the word says raise up a, ch- a child in the way that they should go in the end thereof they will not depart from it that is something also grandpa your grandpa always told us kids <laughs> He made sure he drilled that home, that Jesus was coming back. It was like a kind of always a main theme around our spirituality that we knew that we lived in a day and age where the world was changing so rapidly that we should look up because our redemption draweth nigh. But even though we grow up in Christian homes as children of Christian parents like myself, you also, you have to find your own way to God. You have to find your own experience with God. And it, and you did that. But there was a journey along the way. I mean, that you had to go through a process. And you talk about how you went through some depression and trying to find your own worth and meaning and who you were even as a young teenager. And that was a journey I couldn't help you with, right? Only you had to do that. Uh, well, hi everyone, I'm, I'm Jacob. Um, really, a lot kind of happened throughout my entire life. My family was good to me, but I was going through a lot of things and uh, had many different sources that kind of added on to that depression and built it up. And I suffered through that depression for give or take about um, 12, 13 years straight. And it was difficult because at first a child doesn't really understand what depression is um so how can you how can you go and define it to them like that you know how can they how can they learn to fight it uh when they don't understand what they're dealing with so that's kind of a lot of my struggles specifically and i won't go into all the reasons of what caused it and what happened it was more important that it was just there uh in general um as as kind of my life progressed and I became older and went through high school and eventually a single semester of college uh I just I kept experiencing things here and there that just made me feel like I was an outlier that I just didn't belong and later I would find out that no I wasn't supposed to belong this this isn't a place built for me it's not a place built for you or built for my mom it's it's just a temporary place If you don't mind, can I interject and put this scripture? Because when you say that, it reminds me of John chapter 17, 14, where he says, "Um, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Mm -hmm. And I will say that even when you were just a little child, you know, there was always something different about you. And I think that you um, struggled with that. I dealt with that as a child. There was always something different. I felt different. I felt disconnected. But I, don't you think that sometimes that that's really the mark of somebody who God is going to do something special with you because you weren't ever intended to fit in with this world. Right. Right? Yeah. And so you struggled with that depression going on. I did. But even even despite dealing with that depression, there was very, something very interesting and significant in my very young years uh, before I started experiencing all that. Um, Mom probably mentioned this maybe once, hopefully, uh, that we were driving along the road one day in elementary. And yeah, you, you tell your side, and then I'll tell my side. I was, I don't know what I was thinking or what came to mind or what what prompted this little thing in my tiny mind um but i was sitting there and i was looking at the dashboard and i said mom one day i'm gonna build lots of churches or if i had a million dollars i would build a lot of churches that's or what she along said it was something along the lines of here we were driving down uh, the road in in houston going to grocery store something i had homeschooled jacob during that time and just random out of the blue you said um 
something like that. If I had millions of dollars, mom, I would build churches all over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but it seemed like more like you said something like, I'm going to grow up and build churches all over the world or something like that. It was very profound. It was very just off the cuff. Just, And I looked over at you and I said, well, you do that. <laughs> Because I believe that when our children have big, giant dreams that look unobtainable, um, anything is obtainable, right? Right. Always tell your kids, you you just do that. (laughs) That's what your grandma always said. Your grandmama always said, um, where there's a will, there's a way. And and, uh, what else did she say? She would say um, um, uh, that... um, no matter it was it was like she she always told us and i got that from your grandma and if it wasn't for her i wouldn't have been able to give it to y'all uh she always told us uh that no matter what we put our mind to if if we put our mind to it we could do it Hmm. there was no limitations and i think that's important that we raise our kids that way oh it's also important because the only thing that reminded me of that time was very recently after I had gone through this ordeal that I'm about to tell you guys and uh, explain to my mom, I had been reconsidering what I was going to be doing for a living here soon. And I had settled on the fact that I wanted to try to get into carpentry. And when I told my friends this, I had this group of friends, just a bunch of guys up north who were were rough and tumble. You know, we're all rough and tumble. North is... North Texas. North Texas, yes. This podcast people listen all over. They they're gonna think it's up north. In that's that's America. fair. <laughs> Either way, my my friends in the north in the northern Texas area, um, as soon as I told them that I was considering to become a carpenter, they one of them laughed very heartily and said, "Who are you, Jesus? You gonna build churches? Oh. You know, it's very <laughs> that's interesting. Crazy. So." Uh, I I didn't really rebuttal that. I was just like, in my heart, I was like, maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe you will. Um, but it was kind of funny that he really made that correlation because, I mean, I hadn't really told them that I was coming down here for religious reasons um, until a little bit later on once I figured out what I was going to do because my original plan was to stay up north. I had the chance and the option to stay up north. Um but the Lord told me to come down here to College Station instead. Okay, so so let's talk about that for a second. Okay, so when I got this phone call, you know what, I feel prompted. First of all, Mm -hmm. let's, before we talk about the phone call that happened in the wee hours of the night on November the 4th, let's go back to April 2021. Mm -hmm. Okay, in April 2021, those of you who follow my podcast around that range area, um, <clears throat> I sold my house. I sold the house that you grew up in. And you'd lived there since you were three years old. And so I grew up there too because I moved in when I was 22 years old. So, I mean, it was a very, very emotional experience to sell that house. Um, there was a lot of spiritual things that happened for our family in that house, both good and bad. Um, I would say safely, wouldn't you, that there was a lot of spiritual warfare in that house? Uh, well, yeah, there was a lot of spiritual warfare. Um, I'm not sure if my mother's mentioned this either, but several times I've had um, visions of armies, like demonic armies kind of sitting on that land, camping on that land, kind of waiting for something. Um, but we can talk about that another day in more detail specifically, but there was a lot of spiritual warfare in that household. Yes, and um, that was interesting because I have an, a daughter, my oldest daughter, she had a similar dream like that, and that was all kind of coming to a head in the spring of 2021, and so there there were strongholds being broken off, and for those of you who understand that... Um, uh, this, you know, spiritual realm is, is, a, is alive and well around our lives. It's a, it, we can't see it with our natural eyes. But sometimes when the Lord is saying to let go of a thing, whether it is something you're doing or even a material thing that you own, it could be something in your house or it could be the very house you live in. Okay, sometimes there are reasons for that. 
He wants us to let go. He wants us to obey him because there can be um, strongholds there. Don't ask me to explain that. I'm not an expert, but I know that there was something more to just selling this house than simply moving on to a new um, a new season in our lives. It was about truly letting go of the past and, and everything that it entailed and embracing the new thing that God had. And at that time, we didn't know, right? We didn't know what it was. And I don't think you could say that you really necessarily felt so involved in that process other than the fact that you knew it was the right thing for mom to sell the house and then do whatever God was yeah, telling when, her when with. you were selling the house, that was one entirely and legally within your right. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole nother story <clears throat> with that with another family member we're not going to get into today. Um, but I mean, you had complete rights. I mean, I had already emotionally and spiritually detached myself from the place and, and let that old life go. And that was where we had daddy Mm -hmm. and we had all our memories with daddy. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot to that. You know, it was, um, it was very emotional for our family, but I think at that time you didn't necessarily connect it with with what we're doing now, which I'm trying to tell the story without get jumping ahead of myself. It all played in the obedience of selling the house and how your spirit lined up with it to back me up. Of course, little sis, big sis, and selling the house, letting it go. But we could have never dreamed it was going to all tie into the present moment right now. Okay, and what God has done since. But during that time, I was making trips back and forth up there to the house in the land, the old place, to clean out uh, what we called the white barn. And the white barn was a dairy barn. It was made out of brick. It was um, really solidly built old dairy barn. And that was where I kept all my my old life memories and stuff. I had old furniture. I had boxes of keepsakes and treasures and all kinds of things and it was all neatly packed in these boxes and so I was up there sorting through what was left in that barn and so I was making trips back and forth and on one of my trips I remember exactly where I was I was driving down up highway 6 I was almost to Waco and I was about to take the cutoff there in Bellmead, Texas to shoot over to I-35 and the Holy Spirit came upon me so heavy just all of a sudden and I just started hammering it away. I started praying for Jacob and when I say praying I'm talking like the fire of God was coming out of my mouth like it was like I was praying something off of your life. I, I remember praying that um, that God would just set you free and everything Thing and that he would set you free to be able to accomplish that everything that has held you back, uh, that would, it would break off of you. Um, and so that was from my side, mm. but you know, we don't know what's going on out there in the physical until it gets back around to us. So what happened from your side? Well, at that moment in time, I was working, um, for a company that I had recently quit, <clears throat> um, uh, they basically sent me all over the United States to teach people how to use their system to read water meters. Um, but that's not terribly important for the moment. Um, I was driving um, after that training. It was my duty to drive myself to the next hotel to get ready for a flight coming back home. And on that initial drive back to the hotel for the final night to go back and fly back the next morning, there was just this heat that I felt um it was just this intense energetic warm muscle hot kind of feeling over my entire body like it was very kind of but without the (laughs) ice it was it was just heat and I and I just felt so relieved and um before that point for years and years and years I had just gotten used to feeling constantly melancholy or just sad or actively trying to be happy rather than it just naturally being a thing I was never I was never naturally a happy person I had to put on a face mask I had to put on uh, a disguise in front of people to let them know that hey you know I'm, I'm okay I'm okay but I wasn't okay and 
that day, it was just like this fire had consumed me and I couldn't understand what it was, but I was singing songs and I was happy. And you know, it was just like, you know, I might as well just call people. Who do I want to call for? I'll just call mom. I'll just call mom first real quick. And I remember what you said to me. The first thing you got on the phone, you said, mom, you said, have you been praying for me? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I had like I, I was no guilty idea. of something. <laughs> I was I was trying to suss out what happened because I, I couldn't understand what all was going on. Uh, I it felt spiritual in the back of my mind, but you know we humans were kind of dumb. We don't know instinctually what's going on we with the Lord. Dumb. We're yeah. pretty dumb. We're pretty dumb, dumb, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but I was just like, is this is this Lord doing? Well, who else would it be? You know. Um, it was just very interesting. And so I, after experiencing that and kind of going through a call with her and telling her what was going on in my life at the moment and how happy I was, it was just like, I felt like I had been set free and I was, I was set free from the spirit of depression, um, which I need to show you something and later on. And you were on. from that point markedly night mm-hmm. and day different in yeah. your talk and your attitude but once in a while you did struggle here and there and you would call me it would come That's back normal. a little bit it would come back with with hardships or uh just a, a not really knowing what to do with my life or where to go mm-hmm. and it it wasn't it wasn't the same though even mm-hmm. even as i was feeling that it was it was here and it was strong for like a couple of weeks and then it would leave I mean, I would pray throughout those weeks yes, to like let it go enemy away. Was coming to mm-hmm. come back and re- and get you again, but yeah. you resisted. It's it's that same story, you know, when you cast a devil out from someone, and that devil will go out and find seven others and try to come back try in. Try to come back. It's kind of what happened. But I was already, yeah, you know, I was I was always with the Lord, but the Lord yes. was with me even then, and being you know, growing with me. The word says, "Resist the enemy, and he shall flee from mm-hmm. you." And you were in that power struggle you were resisting so i love it so let me go on to the next one where um jacob got my irish jeans so he has the gift of blarney like his mama but he's irish and and german so but the blarney comes out we like to talk Mm. (laughs) we're very detailed in our talk conversation so okay so um usually a quiet guy yeah, he's a quiet guy. Well, that's kind of a lie because you're loud and happy. When I you're want very to be. loud. <laughs> Most of the time, loud quiet. and jolly, but but also quiet. But um, so that happened in April 2021, and you were set free, and it was like the fire of God just consumed yeah. that devil, basically, yeah. that had been trying you for years. Because from the time that you were born, you had a call on your life. And I always felt that God was going to do something good with your life, big. So, <clears throat> so fast forward to November the 4th. No, let's go back. Yes, yes, yes. November the 4th of 2022, which is just this last month. And you say that throughout this season, you know, you, you've had your battles and stuff, but you, you were better, you were delivered yet. The enemy was still coming against you, but you're walking with God, searching God, um, and doing that. And, um, you had a dream about daddy. Would you tell them about this dream? Yeah. So, um, it was really just a weekend like any other, um, I had a music teacher that invited me out to this church group and the church group really helped me uh, understand a lot more about the teachings and whatnot and to analyze it in the uh, Hebrew meaning and the Hebrew culture of that time and how it all fits in. Um, but at that time on the 4th, for the last couple of weeks, I just did not feel like going. The, the enemy was kind of working against me or having reasons for me to stay up late on Saturday night, as, as young men are tend to do, you know. Um, and on the 4th, I kind of had a dream, a very vivid dream. I went to sleep on Saturday and it was a long, restful sleep. Like I'm an insomniac chronic insomniac I have difficulty sleeping period so when I get a good night's rest I really enjoy it and near the tail end of my sleep it was a very extremely short and vivid dream I dreamed that my uh father who um isn't my biological your stepdad he's my stepdad but but you oh he came into our lives when you were 13 months old Mm -hmm. 
and just gobbled you up yeah, immediately. He, he so was he my was, dad. He, he was called, my father. You called him daddy. Yeah. Okay. He was he was he was my spiritual father and I really loved him and he really loved me and that was very important. He tried to show his care and love for me in every way he could. Um and even in the afterlife it seems he came down and he hugged me and and I don't remember him saying I'm proud of you but I I felt it. So and that was Let me ask you. Okay, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> He did not speak to you. No. He came to you in this dream. Yeah. It was very vivid. Yes. And he hugged you. And I could physically feel him feel hugging me. Him hugging you. And I you. could feel the sense of pride, but he didn't say a word. He didn't say anything. Well, you know, I also, um, just to share just briefly, because that's kind of the same exact thing that happened with me and Daddy. And I can't recall when it was, but... Maybe about a year and a half ago, I had a dream of Vernon, my husband, deceased. Um, In my dream, it was very vivid. He did not speak to me. Noted, okay? Um, um, He did not... it, It was as if he couldn't or wasn't allowed to speak to me, as if. He was allowed to visit, but he wasn't allowed to talk. He, yeah, that's what it felt like in my he'd dream. Because he'd want to tell us things we were not supposed to know. Probably. He's, he's a, he's a <laughs> chatterbox. Yeah. So he wasn't speaking to me, but he held my hands. And when he held my hands, I just knew without any doubt at all, it was like he was telling me how much he loved me. Right. And It's kind of the I, same thing. It was just yes. a hug. I felt the bristles <clears throat> of his beard, his little silly beard on my face, yes. and he just hugged me. So I felt it, and I felt the pride. Yes. And it and was a good kind of pride. So it was the same kind of experience, and, and then I remember telling him how much I loved him, and that's <clears throat> that was very healing. It was. For, for me, and it sounds like it was very healing to you. So, so let me just say this. Some people, some Christians would say, um, God wouldn't let that happen because, you know, they would try to liken it unto necromancy. Well, necromancy is, is in the Bible, is where they, God said, no necromancers, meaning people who go to seances and such to call forth the dead. Um, that is not what happened here. These, This was a dream. It was unprompted. Unprompted. I, I had no idea what was going on. And immediately when he hugged me, I woke up. And all I could feel on my face were tears. Just I was just crying. You for knew like he was proud. So. Now I think when you told me about Daddy, I'm up right now. Oh no, I I want to tear up too. Um, now when you told me this about Daddy was after. Yeah, you, you told, didn't even. Know I didn't this. know this when you called me the Sunday after. So the Sunday after, on November the fourteenth at twelve eighteen p a m in the morning, you um. I, yeah, I already told him that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you called me. My phone rang. The funniest thing was before my phone rang, maybe about five minutes before I woke up wide awake. And I was just wide awake. I got up. I, I got something to drink in the kitchen. I, I sat down. Uh, I was sleeping on the couch. <clears throat> I got up and um, I looked over and my phone was ringing. And I thought, what's going on? I saw it was Jacob. And a mother is thinking, oh, my goodness, is he in a wreck or something going wrong? You know, I answered the phone immediately. And then you were on the phone and you were, don't take this the wrong way, but you were just talking fast. Like you were just like almost, almost hysterical, very emotional. Um, it was like, I knew when he was talking to me on the phone, something major happened and I was trying to like, okay, slow down so I can get all the details. And then that's when he started going on. And, um, you told me that God wanted you to, that was what I remember. One of the first things, um, one of the first things you told me is you said, Mom, you always have been talking about uh, lately like repentance of, and sin and all of that. And then you said, um, I finally get it basically. And I have not been living my life the right way. So tell them about what that yeah. was about. So um, for, the, uh, for like the last five years or so, I've been living on my own. 
and figuring through figuring out through my depression and through my issues and figuring out who I am and who I'm supposed to be and it was a time of being very lost honestly so that's kind of what I was referencing when I was saying that I finally get it um because I I was making some choices that I don't think the Lord would approve of I was living a lifestyle with rather rough and tumble people so um at first I thought I could you know change their hearts but you know the the good apple does not make the bad ones turn good you know unfortunately and um you know they, they were my friends though they kept me alive and I was grateful to them and stuff like that but when it was coming up to that point when I uh, called mom um I was uh having an argument with one of my friends who was a roommate uh I can't exactly get away from him and um my roommate and I really got into it and I just wanted to go to bed so I just said you know what uh, I'm, I'm done I'll just see you tomorrow I, I don't want to do this right now okay and it was very I had a lot of adrenaline in my system I had a lot of um irritation in my system both at me and at him there was a lot going on um and I don't think I'll ever go into detail on that I think I'll just take that to my grave but that's okay and um after the argument I just kind of sat in my room for a bit and I started thinking about what why isn't this working why 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 can't i do this i don't understand nothing's going nothing's going how i want it to go no doors were open no doors were opening you know nothing was going on i was looking for another job for literally a year i had interviews in january february march and april and after that i've been applying still never got a single call never got a single text except for people who were trying to get me a job like several states away yeah you know? let me add something quickly to that um i had um uh i had a thought occur to me before you told me any of this like probably the week before about why is jacob having such a hard time finding a, a better job mm. and it was like i didn't realize that it was the lord at that time because like you said we're really dingy human beings don't use their brains all of them and <laughs> the thought the answer came super quick and the answer was he's supposed to be applying for jobs here in college station mm -hmm. but i never told you that because i wasn't gonna tell you that i won't let god tell you that yeah we've been having <laughs> a back and forth that. mom's being like you should come and live down with the family <laughs> and i'm like but my job and my friends yeah so you there was... told me, as a matter of fact, I, just like not even a week prior to this phone call, I said, so do you ever think you'll come down here and come down here to College Station and get you an apartment down here? And the first thing you said was... But I've got too much going on up here. Oh, no, you didn't. You I said it's remember. never going to happen. It's, it's not it's my kind of happen. city. It's... it's just my friends are here, mm -hmm. which I think is really funny. You have to tell that part of the story because it makes it really funny. <laughs> <laughs> because the next thing he told me <clears throat> now you got to understand all this is coming out of him on this phone he's telling me about the lord told me to read the bible do what it says mm -hmm. over and over remember that you kept saying that read the bible do what it says it was it was very weird and very kind of like, strange because I, I looked at the bible i grabbed it and then i was just like it's so easy it's just rule book just follow what the rule book says dummy you mm -hmm. know like i was i was saying these things and <laughs> it, i was going rather quick for mom you know i was talking yes. really fast it was hard to discern what and, I was going on about. And then you said on the phone, you said the Lord told you to move down down there. You said, Mom, he told me to move down there. And I said, okay, you mean like, like come down here and get an apartment mm -hmm. in College Station? And then you said, no, he wants me to move in with you. And then that's when I think I fell off the couch. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said what hold up now you mean move in yeah and then he was mm -hmm. very insistent and he said no the lord told me to move in with you yeah. i remember you said that now tell them about the little white light i, I I'll, I'll get to that okay. in just a second um the kind of like leading up to that mom that uh, that part that mom was talking about rather um it was very it's very interesting because I was thinking like, why isn't anything that I'm doing working? I've tried college. I knew instantly that wasn't for me. That's just a debt collector waiting with a paper mache thing that just says you can do a thing and nobody cares about it. Um, there's no careers up here. The cost of living is rising. I don't know what to do. And so it just kind of like, I just had that urge to call my mom. And so I did and I started having visions after just shortly after that point when i was telling her hey it's just rule book we should just be following what it says and 
It's very, very strange because I don't remember exactly when it shifted into a vision specifically. Um, Can I add this one thing? Yeah. Do you remember? Te- I remember you telling me on this phone call. Now, you were talking really fast and I was trying to comprehend, mm-hmm. but you had said something about you saw me and sis in far I'm, away. I'm getting to that. Okay, Just, okay. Yeah, I'm getting to it. You're okay. excited. It's okay. It's super exciting. It is. I know. I mean, it's, it's a really. It's very interesting. Um, the first vision that started was very, um, very, I wouldn't say clear or vivid. It's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could see, smell and feel that when I had this vision, this vision was very, um, kind of, kind of like Van Gogh style of art where it's kind of like there, but not, it's kind of very blotty and very there, but eh, you know, mm-hmm. weird. Um, I was this golden ball. And I was just this golden ball, and I knew instinctually that I was going forward, but I didn't see where I was going specifically. I just knew I was moving forward. Then it kind of zoomed out on me slightly, and I saw these chains that were hanging from this ball. And immediately when I see these chains, they start falling away, and I don't really understand um, fully what that was. Um, I think that those were sins that I was being allowed to be set free from. And later on, after the vision and after the dream, I had like an internal recognition that yes, those were sins. And there was some sort of correlation between those chains. Like I saw those sins as the individual sins they were, um, gluttony, lust, pride, wrath, uh, anger, you know, these, these different sins. And I could see them as people, but I don't remember what they look like on their faces. I just knew that each of these things were individually the sins. These are the sins. Like, it, it was very, very surreal, very weird. It's um, almost like they were spirits. Yeah, it felt like they were spirits. all of those sins are accompanied by demonic spirits. Right. You can have a demonic spirit of gluttony or pride or anger. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, like, once I saw them fall away, I, I started... I, I didn't feel like I was moving any faster or any slower or anything like that. It was just very weird because it came from that third person and immediately back into that first person view where I didn't see the ball. I just was the ball and I was moving forward. Um, then the, the interesting part is that I looked off to the right. I didn't even know there was a light right and a left to this, but I looked off to the right and I saw two golden balls in the distance. It was very, very distinct, very bop, bop. There's two dots right there. And instinctually, I knew exactly who they were. They were my mother and my sister. And they were also moving in the same direction that I was moving. And I had this pull and this immediately, this sentence, almost a command to just like, you see that over there? Go. What? Oh, go. Oh, okay. Um, go, go. Go be with them. Go defend them. Go and protect them. That is my, that is my order. <laughs> and it was such a like, oh, okay, cool. I guess I'll go do that now. So at that moment in time, I think it came back from that vision into a real life perspective where I remember being on the phone again. I don't know how much time that might have elapsed for you or what I was saying during that time. You said a lot. But I was... <laughs> you said a lot. I remember I was crying yeah, extremely you crying. heavily. Um, um, you started crying on the phone. One thing I specifically remember you saying, which totally fascinated me, and I'm hoping you get around to this, mm-hmm. is that you told me that you saw me and Rosie like we were in a distance, but we were getting on some kind of a ship. Oh, yeah. And that you had the sensation that it was like the last ship or the only ship, mm-hmm. and we were getting on that ship. And then you were joining us. It's very good that you mentioned that because I completely forgot about... I was trying to tell you how it felt. Like I had that vision, but I couldn't couldn't tell you physically how that was. I had to correlate it to To something else. To articulate this into... To articulate things that we have experienced in the spirit into these crude human languages is one of the most challenging things that I have. I remember calling it a train or a ship, but I knew it was like... It was like... Hey, bud, this is like one of your last chances, one of. Like there are there are other opportunities, but they're gonna be very sparse. This is yours. Go ahead and get on this one. This is for you. Or maybe no so, other chances. Or maybe no. no other chances. That's I I have no idea. But it really it was that command of go and be with them, go and protect them. You are all 
coming to my kingdom is what it felt like. And can I say one little thing? Sure. If for those of you who listen to this podcast regularly and have been following it, you know that one of the words that the Lord has given me um, for the last two years is about Noah's Ark. And that one of the words that he gave me super strong back in 2019 uh, was about Noah's Ark. And it was about get on the boat Mm -hmm. because the rain is coming. And so that kind of, I thought that was really, really interesting how that correlates in perfectly with the word that the Lord has already put upon my household. Yes. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, It was just, it was just very interesting because once i had that drive to go and be with them i was i was telling my mom how how sure i was that i was going to come and live with her and it really kind of blew her socks off for a bit once i actually got down to a a rational level of speaking and coming back into being a person well when we started talking about it in like you calm down you call me the next day Mm -hmm. because you have to understand men and women of god listening um (laughs) jacob had no desire whatsoever to come live with his mother okay he was out there being a young man doing his own thing and it was like the lord moved his spirit on him to do something totally different and then i gotta say this for i don't talk about this a whole lot since i spoke back in uh, may about the land that I'm buying. Um, I have been journeying through that. The Lord led me to uh, a large piece of land, and I am still working on the some of the stuff that goes along with the legal process there to get that title cleared so I could use your prayers. But um, God is the one doing it all. And I was wondering in the back of my mind, you know, here I am with my daughter and a little dog, and I'm thinking... How am I going to do this all by myself? I don't know. But I always have been told through this process that if I will just go forward, kind of like a field of dreams type of a thing, if you build it, they will come. The Lord has been telling me that he's going to bring others in around this whole homesteading project, basically. And so for my son to tell me all of this, and then he also, you also told me that night, you said, Mom, the Lord told me I'm supposed to come be with you. I'm supposed to stay with y'all, be y'all's protector, and that we're supposed to, you said, I want to learn with you. I want to build with you. And that made me cry. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool to add that in there. I have to say that because then otherwise they wouldn't know why is this such a big deal? What are we working Mm -hmm. towards? So basically being obedient and may of 2021 to sell and to let go of the old life the old house with all of its beautiful memories going out in blind faith trusting the lord is taking us into as a family a sort of and a type of a new uh, a, a new promise a promised land mm-hmm. um now tell them about the white light yeah when you woke up the next morning and you looked on your gps yeah Talk so about this white light in your room this was a second uh kind of vision it was kind of after the first the first was very powerful and very um present this one was much more physical and so in that same night when we were trying to wind down the conversation a little bit more so she could understand me um mom was saying a lot of questions or asking a lot of questions like hun are you sure i'm not sure that will work i'm not sure what's going on uh it was very confusing for both of us but i was looking around in my room because i was i was just hysterical and I saw this white dot on my bookshelf against the wall. I was confused on what exactly that was. I wasn't really sure what I was looking at. It was just this very intense, tiny uh, white light, like as if you took a candlelight and you really kind of like intensified it to like just a pure white dot and put it like on the bookshelf. Very weird, very crazy. There wasn't any light bulbs or any light sources near that peace and there's nothing in the room that was emitting light so it wasn't a reflection and I started staring at it and it was like really weird and it was an intense focus and it was just like go here I didn't really understand what that was it just I just had this go here sensation to that dot and I was just like sure whatever I will we'll, I don't know what that is I don't know what this is I don't know what I'm looking at and then my mom was like, hey, maybe you should maybe you should go to sleep and wind down. And you're like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. So 
I start winding down. We get off the call. After that point, I go uh, to sleep. And I'll, I had a, I had another dream, but I don't think it was related. And if I get anything out of it later on, if the Lord reveals something to me, then I will talk about it. But for now, I'll keep it to myself because uh, I haven't even told my mom about that one. Um, but the next morning, I looked on my GPS, and my house is situated in in a way that where I was looking at on that white dot uh, was the direction of College Station from my house. Like it was down. 287 and like it was almost like as if you put a put it's almost as if you put a dot on the horizon uh and you knew that this dot cut through the crust of the earth to that location that so you're looking at it was at. a bird's eye it was it was kind a, of kind of a bird the way a bird would fly almost from where you were it was, was like to call a station it's it's like as if you put a dot on the ground and you cut through the world's crust and on the other side where it came out that's your that's your destination like yes. you could go straight there from that point yeah so that is really uh you know these now i want to say these things may sound strange to some of my listeners or whatnot and some of you it won't because you know i i I communicate with some of you but um this is um this is the signs and the wonders and god knows how to speak to you i have said this many times before um and i'm not going to get into um as far as talking about why some people don't believe God can communicate with them, I'm not doing that. But I will say that we are a family. I think you would agree that despite all of the trials that we've all gone through, we have always believed in the power of God. We believe He is all-powerful. We have believed that He communicates with us, that we rely on Him to guide us in a real intangible way, mm. not just like it's a nice thought. And so that's why these things were able to be, um, you know, God, you, your heart was open that you believe God would speak to you and give you direction. And he, boy, did he ever. That is amazing. It now, is. I wanted to ask you... Um, about one thing we both want to talk he's got something to say you go and say what you were going to say Mm -hmm. first but i wanted to talk about this rapture vision and that's where you're going to go next okay right so there was something else um during that first initial i guess you could call it a sequence of visions um it was one i had maybe forgotten to talk about or maybe the lord had allowed me to save this one for last because it's rather important um god allowed me to experience something that I never felt before and it's completely and entirely changed my outlook on literally every single thing that I have cared for or looked at or experienced or touched on this earth and it's very strange um I had the sensation of what it was like to be on the way to heaven and Like, it was as if you took my physical form and threw it away, and my spirit felt this uplifting feeling of not even... I knew I was not at heaven's gate. I knew I was not in heaven. It was merely the act of being on the way from the world to heaven. As if, like, I died then and there and been started to sent up, started to be sent up into heaven. And I could not describe a more beautiful... Uh, more euphoric, more wonderful sensation. It was like I had been away from my people in a way. And it was like a feeling of rejoicement, a feeling of a merriment. And it was a beautiful wonder. I, I was just like, hey, I, I'm with other people that care. I'm with the Lord. I'm on the way to the Lord. It was very powerful sensation. That, and that's absolutely so amazing and profound Mm. to have had such a spiritual experience like that well what it's done to me is even more interesting because before i worried about how i'm going to make money how i'm going to live what i'm going to do who's going to be my friends in this new place earthly things i don't care about money it's very weird very strange over the last five years being worried about rent being worried about this and that this i don't care i could lose every single thing right now and i wouldn't care which is very different for me very strange 
um, it, it kind of like erased all of the things that I had felt for the world. Like I understand that, hey, I might lose my friends. Well, okay, I'll just make new friends. <laughs> hey, uh, I might lose my things. Okay, well, I mean, things don't really matter. You know, oh, oh, I don't have a whole lot of money. So, and I could be homeless on the side of the road and still be happy. Like it's really changed a lot of the things that I've experienced. And it's brought kind of like this this knowledge and this urgency that I feel this way because we have a lot less time than we think. And that was something that I had only come to a realization of as I was talking to uh, my adopted sister and my mother and my little sister at the time when I came down to visit uh, here in College Station. Yeah, you said to me, because it, if you don't mind me saying yeah. this, is, you know, young people, they don't want to hear about the end of the world. I mean, I remember being a young people. That was the last thing I wanted to hear because, you know, young people that are listening to this podcast, um, um, you know, we we want to think about our life here, our dreams, our goals. We want to have families. We want to get married. We want. And so I can only imagine what it's like for a young person living in this day and age. But so this when I would say to Jacob, I would tell him about different things that were going on and things that I was hearing, um, things I talk about on this podcast that the crazies are doing. Um, and Jesus is coming back and, and it's Euphrates river dried up, you know, things like this. He didn't, I could tell that, you know, it wasn't really a subject that it wasn't that he wasn't interested. It was that he probably had some anxiety from that, but, um, when he said to me that night, when you said to me, you said, Even you don't really know how far along it is. Like, it's coming sooner than even you realize. He cut me off in mid-sentence, and he said, No, Mom, he's coming back even faster than you think. <laughs> and I I want to tell you, when I heard him say that, I just took a back seat, and I sat down, and I just wanted to hear what he was saying. And that was the night that you sat and talked to me and, and, and your sister Brooke and mm -hmm. sister Rosie. I started to tell them all the things that I had been experiencing and, and just what I told you guys just now. Like, hey, this is what I experienced. This is what I feel like is going on. And we had our own discussion. I, I, we had our own discussion. She's telling me to wrap it up over here. Um, but we had our own discussion on what might happen and what could happen. But I'll leave you guys with this final words, especially young people out there. All of our lives, we've been told that we are the worst and that we are messing everything up or that we're not doing enough or that we can't do enough. I'm here to say that those people are technically right. You know, we aren't meant to fix the world. There's nothing that we can do. What we need to do what I've done is draw closer to the Lord and what he's doing and really, really try hard to listen truly to what he wants you to do. If you sit there and you genuinely want to give up everything, because I gave up everything to come down to College Station. I really did. I gave up, uh, except for my material belongings that I currently have, you know, my car, my clothes, stuff. I gave up everything, gave up my job, gave up my friends, came down here because I'm doing what I'm just told. And just because we can't fix the world doesn't mean we can't do what's right. And what's right is different for each of us. He has a different commandment for each of us, a different job for each of us. And Which I think for me... I've been preaching this on my podcast that we would come together in this last hour mm -hmm. and we would have kind of like what I would like to call our end time team that God will divinely connect us mm -hmm. with to make it through these end times because we're going to need each other in various different ways, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your job is, but apparently my job is to build churches. So I guess I'm going to go become a carpenter and go figure that out. And uh, <laughs> if you see a rickety old building with fairly new wood applied to it, <laughs> then uh, maybe hit it up because it could be my church. Who knows? <laughs> yes. It might be underground churches, too. Could be. You know really what I'm saying? Know. Like China. I uh, have to speak about that. Uh, you know, I, I, one thing that the Lord put on my heart was back in, um, through this whole last two years, that the church is going underground. Mm -hmm. And underground 
obviously doesn't mean literally underground or it might be but but basically the persecution against believers today is in america is off the charts like we haven't seen it and it's getting more and more heated um but uh the I do believe personally myself that that the church is going underground. You will see the fake uh, prosperity gospels, St. Germain, New Age churches, and those that follow along with the Antichrist agenda. They will still be loud and proud and out on the forefront, but they will not be preaching the true gospel of Christ. And those of us who are truly serving God according to biblical Christianity, are going to be forced underground because we won't go along with these world agendas. Um, so it could be that um, it'll be interesting to see what God does with you, you know. Um, so this was really something that I didn't even expect it. I mean, I didn't even expect for God to bring my son home in such a literal way. I knew that God was always working with him. I continually kept him in my prayers for the things that he was struggling with in life. But as far as bringing him to abide, for us to all abide together, that was a blessing I didn't expect. But you know, do you remember years ago, no podcast people my podcast family i've got to share this i gotta wrap it up though because it's almost an hour but years ago sister mary took me to dallas and she said you're coming to dallas we're going to this meeting i went up there and it was a a hispanic church uh they they were speaking spanish and it was translated in english i mean so it was hispanic and um uh, big, it was pretty big. Is that three or four hundred people there that night in this revival? And we all went up there. It wasn't you weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, this man called me out of the crowd and he said many things to me. But one of the things he said to me is something I had just spoken that morning at my friend Mary's ministry. And I had gotten up and I had spoken about Joshua and Caleb and how God was going to cause us to walk into the promised land and that you were going to have to leave some people behind um, and that we would enter into jo- to the promised land uh, like Joshua and Caleb. And lo and behold, um, if that isn't the exact word that this man came up to me, among the many words he said, he said, you will lead a generation into the promised land like Joshua and Caleb. And I, I just bawled my eyes out. I knew it. You know when it's God. You know mm-hmm. when he's speaking to you. Well, leaving our old life up there, coming down here, selling the house, um, I have been led to a literal piece of land, and it has been a spiritual battle all the way. Um, and so for my son to come into this land literally with us, and build it out, build a homestead, build a life, and then do all this with us. And I, I just think God is going to do great things on this place. I think he's going to do great things. I feel like he's going to use it as a, sh- a sanctuary or a place of rest for people as they're on their way, journeying wherever they're, they go. Um, I think that it could be a great resource for different missionaries, which I have been connected to recently. <laughs> it's been interesting. Um, I, You know, it, it's going to be fun, but we're going to be doing it as a family. And God is the only one that brought this about. I mean, mm-hmm. you cannot say that, and I cannot say, either one of us expected for you to suddenly decide you were going to move home with mom. That's the last thing on your mind, right? No, it was It was like a little, a little seed that immediately got planted by the Lord while I was crying to you. I remember the moment where I was just like, can I just live with you? <laughs> yes. I mean, it was very, very out of nowhere. And you didn't ask. Kind of like, you told me. You said, no, Mom. He told me that I am to live with you. <laughs> and I, remember, I, just I remember like, asking, then you were surprised, and then I reaffirmed it, I, I believe. Yeah. I remember asking, can, can I just live with you? Just, <laughs> yes, I, I don't I remember actually. the asking. You know, like he's telling me to. So it was, it was very It was very... And I knew when he, when you said that, I was like, this is God. This is a God thing. So I've got to wrap this up. And we're almost at an hour. 
Um, I hope and pray that you got something good out of this today and that you are encouraged and, and that you look up for your redemption draweth nigh, brother and sister, and that no matter what goes on, have yourself a lovely day. Thank you.